Hey, how you doing? This is Wade with Wade for Wireless. And welcome back for another episode of Wade for Wireless with all your wireless updates, news, and information. Just sit back and relax. Hey everybody, how you doing? This is Wade with Wade for Wireless, and today I want to talk about who has enough spectrum for 5G. This is a funny subject because there's mobile spectrum, which is what I'm really going to concentrate on, but there's also the fixed spectrum, like a centimeter wave and a millimeter wave. It's hard for me to say when I'm talking real fast, but I want to talk about the front runners and who really has a lot of spectrum and who can probably deploy the quickest. Quick is an interesting term, so I'll get into that in a minute. So first, who has enough spectrum? AT&T and Sprint. Can you believe I said Sprint? But that's right. AT&T is no surprise because they're in a the front bleeding edge of technology with Verizon. Now, Verizon has a lot of spectrum and they're really, really smart. Plus, Verizon bought up a ton of millimeter wave and centimeter wave spectrum for fixed. But I want to talk about mobile here for a lot of reasons. So before we get into it, I want to thank my sponsors. Thank you, Tower Tracker Pro, TowerTrackerPro.com, who was recently merged, I guess, with Crinkle, K-R-I-N-K-L-E. And they do a lot of wireless, uh, well, they, they, they do a lot of wireless apps, software as a service, things like that. But anyways, Tower Tracker Pro, for all your closeout package needs, when you want to get done, you want to do your closeout right, one visit, and then before the tower crew even leaves, you can upload everything to the cloud and verify that they didn't miss anything and that the pictures look good and that everything's done step-by-step, TowerTrackerPro.com. I also want to thank Tower Safety and Instruction, TowerSafety.com, for all your tower safety training needs. And they also have Teletech, T-E-L-E-T-E-C-H hyphen college, Teletech hyphen college.com. And that's for all your training needs. Now, what they do, they have the... uh, the actual tower training where you climb the tower, you do the safety, the rescue, you do the first aid, and then you can get on Teletech College and upgrade your certificates. How cool is that? Plus, get some additional training on there. Towersafety.com. And again, this is Wade Sarver from wadeforwireless.com. W-A-D-E, the number four, wireless.com. And if you're listening to this, please subscribe. Subscribe wherever you get your your, your podcasts, like iTunes. Uh, I don't know if you get from Stitcher, you know, whatever you use. And if, if it's not on there, let me know or get it from the website, wadeforwireless.com, where I have all my books on 5G and LTE deployment and smart city tech. Okay, let me move on. Enough for the ads. First off, like I was saying for, this, for the uh, Spectrum, especially the mobile Spectrum, AT&T, Sprint have a ton of spectrum and i know you're probably shocked that i said sprint so let's back up a minute let's let's uh deep down we know that we love verizon because they're always willing to take the hit on high tech they're willing to take the hit on 5g they're willing to take the hit on almost everything that's been done in the wireless industry let me explain what i mean by hit they're willing to experiment with new things on the bleeding edge of technology at&t does this too so i got to give I give more credit to Verizon because they usually go first, but AT&T is quick to follow. They try to keep up with them. But you know what? For the other carriers like T-Mobile and Sprint and possibly AT&T, let Verizon bleed. They have the money. They have the labs. They have the resources. Let them go in the bleeding edge of technology, but they'll get it working. They'll get it working right. Everyone's happy. The OEMs are happy because they had someone to test with them, and they can finally work with the other carriers. The other carriers, they're going to wait for a proven plan for a lot of reasons. I'm going to cover Spectrum here in tech. But marketing, money, and deep pockets are a big part of the 5G rollout, whether you like it or not. 
business is a big part of the rollout. We can't just look at one specific facet of the 5G rollout. We have to look at it as a whole entity because that's how the carriers are going to look at it. It takes more than product to have a successful rollout. So first off, did I say Sprint? Yeah, I said Sprint. By golly, Sprint has a ton of spectrum. They should be out there just bragging about all that they have. And yet, I'm just not impressed with what they've done. I'm trying to think how to word this in a pleasant way, a nice way, a way that I think is kind to Sprint. But let's face it, Sprint, disappointing in their past rollouts. And it's the execution. I think the planning's good, the concept's good, but their execution is not good. Now, normally you could say with Sprint, what I guess what Sprint would say is let's blame the OEMs, let's blame the contractors, let's lay blame everywhere below us. But you have three OEMs, you have like who knows how many contractors they deal with. I mean, at, at some point it goes back to the mothership. You know what I'm saying? They can't just lay the blame and push it down. But anyways, back to the spectrum. The spectrum for Sprint is awesome. 2.5 gig, what an ideal spectrum for Massive MIMO. It's TDD, what an ideal format for Massive MIMO, for an all digital format. They really have a lot of things going in their favor. They could really roll something out. They don't have as many 2.5 gig sites out as they should have, but man, if they did, they'd be kicking ass. It's a great spectrum. They have plenty of bandwidth. They have, what well, they have over 100 megahertz in most areas of the country. They should just be screaming, and yet... It's Sprint. They have over $30 billion of debt, or they did. I think now maybe it's $24 billion. They have a lot of debt. I'll give Marcelo Clore and SoftBank, Masasun, a lot of credit. They, they, they got the debt down, but man, it's going to be hard for uh, Sprint to roll this stuff out. But don't worry, Wells Fargo's there to defend you guys, just so you guys take out more credit with them. <laughs> Call from financing. They love those interest payments. Plus, I would love those interest payments. I wish I had a billion dollars to give you. I'd give it to you, and then I'd live off the interest for the rest of my life. Of course, if I had a billion dollars, I probably wouldn't be here talking on, on this podcast, would I? Yeah, maybe I would. I really enjoy this stuff. So here's the deal. Remember I said we have to look at everything holistically? The thing with Sprint is, with all that debt, it's going to be hard for them to invest heavily in their network. Now, I know they're going to do it. I know they're going to do it. Uh, in urban areas because they have to do something to compete. Plus, the thing about the uh, massive MIMO is a stepping stone to 5G. It takes care of a lot of densification problems. The multi-user MIMO really will make a difference for them. It'll be able to, to allow them to do so much more with one tower. Why does that matter? Well, I'm going to tell you why. The reason it matters is because if they can do more with one tower, it saves them cost. Fewer small cells, fewer fill sites, and so on, because they're doing so much more. Now, here's a carrier. Again, like I said, we have to look at the business plan. But here's a carrier who is looking at trying to get as many users on one system as possible for the payback. They're trying to compete with the low, you know, the low, the cheap guy. Let's say they're the cheapest guy on the block, or they want to be, even though they're within one percent of coverage, according to the the old Verizon guy, the new Sprint guy on TV. So, with all that said. The reality is they have a business-minded, I shouldn't say it like that, they have a business to take care of. They can't go in heavy debt doing this. That's going to hold them back. But my God, they got plenty of spectrum. I mean, all the 2.5 gig spectrum they have, it's amazing. They should be able to do something big with it. I mean, when you think about what they what, what they had the potential doing, it's pretty awesome. By the way, uh, Marcelo Clore, if you ever want to go one-on-one -on -one in soccer, I'll take you on. 
I think I can keep up with you. In fact, I think I can probably hold my own until you get that big six foot six frame of yours and probably pound me into the ground. I'm a little five ten guy, <laughs> but I really think I got a shot. I'm a pretty healthy guy. All right, back to the point. 5G spectrum. Listen, Sprint has plenty of spectrum. It's the execution that bothers me and it scares me. As we all know, in the past, Sprint hasn't made the best decisions. You know, they just, I won't get into it. So in the past, they haven't made the best decisions with technology. And the other thing they had, if these great plans, but then the execution falls apart. They have too many decisions, too many choices, like with network vision. When they rolled that out, they had so many options at every tower, it got confusing. It re actually created problems. Listen, you have to streamline and make it simple. We're always going to have one-offs. I'm going to give you an example, which you are going to get mad about, but Verizon. Verizon kept things simple. They kept the choices to a minimum at each tower. Don't get me wrong. They had to deal with the one-offs too, but you know what they did? They had a game plan and it kept it simple. When, when, when Sprint tried to roll things out, they had so many options, it got confusing. Nobody knew what was going where, and things were wrong all the time. It created a lot of problems. So what I'm asking you, Sprint, it's 2.5 gig, it's TDD, it's straightforward. If I were you, I would really concentrate on that and Volte. And this is what I would do. If I had all that spectrum, Volte would be my primary choice for voice. I wouldn't be sticking with 3G, but I get it. You know, you got to make a financial decision. The upgrade to network is very expensive you'd have to take a hit on CapEx. However, if you look at the big picture, the sooner you can sunset 3G, you're going to save a lot of money, man. <laughs> I'm just saying. Okay, so Sprint has the most spectrum, the best spectrum, absolutely prime spectrum for 5G. Can they do it? Yeah, the spectrum, what they don't have is the execution or the history. I shouldn't say they can't do it. They can do it. They just don't have the history. History's against them. What about Verizon? Hey, Verizon has 5G spectrum. Fixed and mobile? Mobile, I don't know about. They have plenty of fixed spectrum. You know, they got all that centimeter wave, millimeter wave, what, they get 24 gig, 28 gigahertz. They have a lot of spectrum they can play with. However, Verizon's going a different way. They really could, I shouldn't say this. I think they care about going to 5G in the mobile spectrum. But I think the reality is they know that it's going to take a while for them to get there. I think they also know that they can go out and, and play with the fixed spectrum quickly. They can do things there that they can't do in their live network. That's what they're looking at. So Verizon's really looking at something that they can control. It's, it's that fixed 5G. They don't really care about the standards for the fix because they can upgrade it. They can change it. They can make changes. It's a small customer base. And the other thing is they see the bigger picture because fiber to the home is very expensive for a lot of reasons. If they can connect 10 homes with, say, one fiber pole to a pole, life is good. Suddenly, their payback is 10 to 1 for that one fiber. Whereas fiber to the home, they got to run fiber to each home, the muxes and so on. Here, they can do it with a wireless carrier. The other thing is the installation. No more putting holes in houses or attaching to homes. Again, I hate to simplify this too much, but you put, you put a radio on a pole, and if you can connect 10 homes from that radio... You're connecting 10 times the amount of homes if you had to run fiber to every house. And trust me, fiber to every home is very expensive. I would love it. I got to tell you, I would love having fiber to my home. I'd love having Fios or Uverse or any of that stuff, but they don't offer it. Again, cable company has a monopoly. It's hard to compete with them. 
Although I would have, I think everyone in my neighborhood would have done it. But I digress. Let's get back here. So the other thing to think with Verizon and their centimeter wave and their millimeter wave spectrum, you got to remember that the network is going to evolve. So eventually they will be able to use that for uh, mobile spectrum. And they're going to work at that. Not a priority right now. I would bet for Verizon and AT&T, it's on the roadmap. They have the roadmap out there. They know they're going to do it, but they know they want to get fixed wireless working because that helps another business unit. The other thing to think about with AT&T and Verizon, they have several business units. I know you could look at Sprint and T-Mobile and say they have a lot of business units, and they do. But the reality is AT&T and Verizon have a broad reach from entertainment all the way over to fixed wireless, fiber to the home, the cable, the TV, also the mobile. The other thing they see is that mobile really is a commodity. It really is becoming a commodity. I would say uh, T-Mobile <laughs> sort of drove it in that direction, right? But T-Mobile, their numbers continue to grow. John Ledger is doing a great job. That guy's amazing, no matter what you think of him. So next, let's talk about T-Mobile. And I want to specifically look at their 600 megahertz spectrum. T-Mobile won a lot of 600 megahertz spectrum. Now, as far as bandwidth goes, what is it, 10 plus 10? It's FTD. These are all things that may come back to Burnham when they want to go to massive MIMO, and I'll tell you why in a minute. But first, I want to give kudos to T-Mobile. Regardless of any critique I make of them, they are rolling out 600 megahertz with passion, with fire. Like, they're, they're crazy. It's at a breakneck speed. It's, it's amazing. And you know what? Thank you, T-Mobile. I mean, and of course, I give Ledger the credit because he's he's a guy, but the company has found a way to execute. They found a way to overcome any obstacles. They don't sit there and whine like a couple other carriers. You can probably come to your mind. They don't sit there and whine and complain and say how it's unfair, say how they have heavy debt. They do it. You know why they do it? Because they're growing. They want to pay back. They want more devices on 600 megahertz. They see the big picture. They know they have to get out there. Now, with this new spectrum, the problem with 6 megahertz is it covers too well. It has a lot of penetration. I'm curious how 5G is going to work on it. The other thing is, for 600 megahertz, because it's such a low band, the antennas are bigger. You know, everything's a little bigger. So if they go to Massive MIMO, which I'm sure they will, these are smart people, and they'll drive the OEMs to overcome any obstacle that they have. But when they go to when they go to Massive MIMO for that, it's going to be a huge antenna. It's not exactly going to downsize what's on the tower, whereas Sprint with the 2.5, those antennas are going to get smaller, lighter, and easier to deal with. I would say T-Mobile will probably go 32 by 32. It would make the most sense because... When you're putting up massive MIMO, there, there comes a point where the payback and the cost have to balance out. We can't all go 256, 256. And what, what I mean by that is, when I say 64 by 64, they have 64 elements one way and 64 elements the other way in the antenna, right? Each one will have like literally their own connection to a tiny little radio head. That's how they work. The fiber runs right to the antenna, Okay. That's how it works. Look it up. I have links in there. You can, you know, learn all about it. But most of my links in this particular blog is about the uh, spectrum. So anyway, so they have 20 megahertz of spectrum. So they have to get the aggregation going to really get it up to where they can really push through a lot more. 
And they will. They'll get to that with their existing spectrum. But this is why T-Mobile is really pushing for the 3.5 gigahertz because they see that as an ideal spectrum. They're really counting on that to push them through for the mobility. That's why they've been pushing so hard to get the FCC to, you know, sort of tweak the rules their way. I get frustrated because the CBRS spectrum isn't out yet. I would love for 3.5 gig to be out and open to everybody. But the FCC, I don't know what they're doing. A little frustrated. But okay, so 5G on 600 megahertz, it's going to be a challenge. Massive MIMO is going to be a challenge. I could imagine they'd want to go 32 by 32 because the other thing is with FTD, with TDD, you transmit and receive off the same element, right? But with TD, I'm sorry, with FDD, frequency division duplexing, they are going to have receive and transmit. So they'll have 32 by 32 transmit, 32 by 32 receive. That's probably the most cost effective they can get it rather than a 64 by 64. And I'm just throwing this out there. Like I didn't talk with the OEMs. Maybe the OEMs have a better plan. But I really think They'll do this in all the urban areas, but I don't know if they'll do any of Massimo in the rural areas or the, even the suburban areas. I don't know if the payback's there. It might be. In fact, in the suburban, maybe the payback is there because it is 600 megahertz. It'll cover much better than almost anything out there. So, hey, it might be worth it. I just don't see the payback being there in most suburban and rural areas. And let's say John Ledger has a house there. <laughs> If John Ledger has a house there, yeah, then maybe they'll put something in just so he has kick-ass speeds from his house. So he doesn't have to rely on a cable company or a satellite provider or anything else there. I'm just saying. That's how these things work. Okay, so they need massive MIMO, especially in the 600 megahertz, and I'll tell you why. One, it's going to improve throughput and densification. They're going to pass higher data rates there. But the densification, the multi-user MIMO, that's what's really going to make a difference. It's going to, two, it's going to reduce the need for small cells. Three, when they start deploying more CRAN, the densification is going to be so much better with CRAN. And then four, stepping stone to 5G. They want 5G. That's the key. We all want to brag about 5G and say that's what we have. And finally, they could do it in any spectrum, but 600 megahertz is new and it covers a lot of real estate and it makes a lot of sense for them to put in massive MIMO now. Even though physically it's going to be a challenge, it would make a lot of sense. The other thing with massive MIMO that I didn't mention in the blog, so if you're listening, you got a little tidbit here that's not in there, is that the coverage in massive MIMO is generally better because of the way the elements do the multi-user MIMO. They can actually concentrate more power in a smaller area. I bring that up because at 600 megahertz, they can actually focus the energy like where the users are. So uh, let's say in a suburban area, I just said they wouldn't do it in suburban areas, but it's a great example. So if you have a development in a suburban area and they have a tower like up on a hilltop, the radiation, because Massimo is really smart, will concentrate down on, this, on the areas that really need it. So that's a good thing. So maybe they can penetrate better than they could before. And at 600 megahertz, They'll have a lot of penetration. It, it, it really is a sweet spectrum for penetration and coverage. But I'm just saying for all that data overlap, there's a lot of other issues that they have to think about. So what about AT&T? AT&T talks 5G, but do they have a plan? Do they? There's AT&T. They have a lot of spectrum, but they don't seem interested in deploying all of it. I mean, they still haven't deployed all the spectrum they have, have they? They got a crap load of spectrum. Not quite where Sprint's at, but they're number two in the spectrum 
what would you say, in the Spectrum collection race. They have a lot of Spectrum. And now they got all that FirstNet Spectrum. Just like Verizon, though, they're also buying up the centimeter wave and the millimeter wave bands because they want to have fixed wireless. That's a big deal to them to have fixed. So it's something to think about. They're going to be like Verizon to have fixed. But I got to tell you, AT&T's focus is very broad right now. I think AT&T and Verizon look at the spectrum as they have for the mobile mobile systems as becoming more and more of a commodity. I don't think they look at that as regular revenue anymore. I think they look at it. We're going to expand it. We're going to get as many users as we can, and we're going to make as much money as we can. That's why they're looking at new business units. But I digress. Let's not forget that AT&T also got the first net spectrum. What was that band 14? And that's like another 10 or 20 megahertz of spectrum. Again, it's FDD. And they're going to really do a lot. And that's going to distract them as well. It's one more thing they have to focus on. So think of what AT&T has. They have fiber to the home. They have Uverse. They partnered with Dish. They, they have the mobile system. They have entertainment. They have the internet system. They have different uh, fiber backhaul businesses. They got a lot of crap going on. Can they make money off all this? You know, I don't know. They got a lot going on. I think if they can focus and run it like 10 little companies, they'll do okay. But I do think they have a lot of spectrum. They can do a lot with it. But I don't know how focused they are on doing something. They seem really hell-bent to get the fixed wireless working, just like Verizon. That seems to be their race. Verizon has them thinking about that. And I think when the mobile comes to 5G, they'll just go with it. I think to them, the 5G for the mobile will just be another upgrade. They'll probably do the steps, you know, hey, let's do mass MIMO. Hey, let's put in 5G. You know, they're probably going to do it that way. But as a company, it doesn't seem perception, me looking from the outside in, it doesn't seem like that's what they want to do. Finally, let's talk about Dish Spectrum. Dish has Spectrum. So let's see, what has Dish done? Hmm. Alrighty then, not much to talk about. So let's move on. How about the cable companies? They have a little bit of spectrum, but they don't seem interested. I think they would rather just merge with somebody. I think the ideal merger would be T-Mobile, but I, I don't know if T-Mobile could give up control, and I don't know if a cable company would want them to control that, but that's another story. I I really think the cable companies, I mean, they have a lot of things like the backbone, the they got the fiber, they have the bandwidth, the broadband. They have a lot of things that look good, but I don't know. I mean, Comcast won some of that spectrum, the 600 megahertz spectrum in the last race. I don't know. The cable companies may have millimeter wave or centimeter wave. I don't know. And I have no idea what Charter's plan is. I have no clue. If you have a clue, let me know. Wade for wireless at gmail.com. Uh, I, I just, but I, I think we still have to look at Dish and the cable companies because they do have spectrum. They could do something. I made fun of Dish. We just glossed over it. But the reality is they haven't done anything that I that I am aware of. They say they're going to build out IoT. It's a lot of talk. I don't know. They they seem... When I think of Dish, I just think they're all talk. That's my opinion. I'm sure they're going to do something someday, but they're not committed. The cable companies are more committed. They put out a lot more Wi-Fi than Dish did. I think Dish maybe just bought it as an investment which I think a lot of people would say that, but, you know, at some point, don't they have to deploy something? Aren't there going to be penalties from the FCC if they just sit on it? I'm just saying. So let's, let's, I'm going to sum it up here. First off, Sprint, tons of spectrum, heavy debt, poor organizational skills. (laughs) 
and I hate to bring that up, but I'm trying to tell you to roll out the 5G, it's more than just spectrum. You got to have the money to do it. You got to have the organizational skills to do it. And I put them first because they really do have the most spectrum. Next, Verizon. Now, Verizon, AT&T, pretty much the same, but Verizon's a big boy. They're pushing fixed 5G. That's where their, their, their target is. That's their focus, fixed 5G. I think that Verizon, whenever mobile happens, it'll happen. They'll just roll with it. Just be another system upgrade. T-Mobile, very aggressive, needs to roll out 600 megahertz, counting on 3.5 gigahertz to fill mobile 5G requirements. That's how I see T-Mobile. AT&T, read Verizon, ditto. Dish, right, okay, little to say. Cable companies, probably waiting to merge with somebody. All right, there you go. That sums it up. <laughs> Trying to keep it nice and clean for you. Remember, I have the LTE deployment handbook. I have the 5G deployment handbook. I have all my tech books. Get on wadeforwireless.com, check it out. I'm going through my upgrade of techfecta.com. Tech, T-E-C-H, fecta, F-E-C-T-A.com. By the way, do you know that fecta means perfect? So technically, that's perfect tech, techfecta.com. The other thing I'm doing, if you're interested in this blog and you want to see a full report, I am putting together full PDF reports if you're interested. I'm going to put them together, and that's my call to action. You're going to see them on TechFecta. I'm going to do three things for you guys. I'm going to put all these blogs into more reports, probably about five to 10,000 words a report, maybe more. It's not a lot for me. I mean, I wrote this blog. It's about 2,300 2300 words, so five to 10,000 words won't be hard. The other thing I'm going to do is put all those reports for you in a book because you guys seem to really like this stuff. And don't be afraid to email me, wadeforwireless.com. You can follow me on LinkedIn. Now, on LinkedIn, just follow me, Wade Sarber. I tried the company page thing. It just doesn't work very well on LinkedIn. However, with that said, I love LinkedIn. I mean, it's really a great resource for so many things. I meet a lot of you guys on LinkedIn. And my name is Wade Sarver. Just go on LinkedIn, type in Wade Sarver or Wade for Wireless. I, I, I post a lot of stuff on there. I don't write as much on LinkedIn as I should, so I apologize. I know you guys want me to do more, but I, I just write to blogs. It's really all I have time to do. I got a lot of, like, I like going on, people. <laughs> but I'm happy to make you guys happy. The other thing is uh, Facebook, Wade for Wireless. Go to the company page. Twitter, at Wade for Wireless. And like I said, I'm starting up TechFecta. Again, that's another side thing. Probably going to do a membership site. If you guys have any questions, hey, reach out to me. I'm available. Wadeforwireless.com. Wadeforwireless at gmail.com. Techfecta, T-E-C-H-F-E-C-T-A.com. Or wade at techfecta.com. My God, I just gave you like 30 ways. It's too many decisions. You know what? Wadeforwireless.com. Get on there and then, you know, look for contact me. And just ping me. I'll get back to you. I'm slow because I'm busy, but I'll do the best I can to get back to you. I have plenty of links in there for you guys that want to learn more. A lot of stuff from uh, Fierce Wireless. I'm a big fan of them. I have a lot of T-Mobile links because T-Mobile actually, they have a web page that has what spectrum is on what phones, which is really cool. <laughs> I just think that's cool because I was curious about what 600 megahertz spectrum was on what device? And they put it in there because I didn't think any devices have it. But, you know, LG, that LG, life's good. LG, cutting edge. They're right there. I think when 5G comes out, 
LG is going to be right there. And yet all we ever talk about is Samsung and iPhone. So shout out to LG for putting out devices out there. Maybe that'll be my next device. I don't know. I really like the iPhone. Samsung, they always look nice, but you know, people complain a little bit about some of the clunky operation of it. And they had that battery problem. That scares me. But with that said, the iPhone has issues too. iPhone did the latest update. Man, is it slow. Oh my God. It's just killing me because it was so fast. It was so good. Now that Steve Jobs is no longer running the show, the iPhone got really, really slow, but I got to try an LG phone. All right, everyone, be smart, be safe, and pay attention. See ya. And now, music by Dylan. folks it's available the 5g deployment plan that's right the 5g deployment plan handbook i have the ebook out there for you in amazon paperback a full color eight and a half by 11 inch version the amazon kindle version the full pdf on Cellfi, and the full pdf on gumroad it's all about the 5g deployment go to wadeforwireless.com and look for 5g deployment plan it's in there just for you